What is up, people? This is your boy, S. Foster, and this is 28 Minutes or Less, episode 20. Listen, I got a treat for y'all, man. I, I have done a disservice to myself. I have not expressed how much of a horror fan that I am. Coming into the month of October, I got some things lined up that I wanted to do. Since this is going to be, this is not going to be the normal, you know, Oktoberfest that we're typically used to. Like, I've already came to the conclusion, like, I'm not taking my kids trick-or-treating. You know, we in the midst of this COVID. Um, it's just a strange year this year. So, normally what I do around this time, for myself, especially myself, because... These times where you have channels like AMC, Sci-Fi, Freeform, like they play, you know, horror movies throughout the month of October. October is my favorite month. I'm, I've always been a horror fan. Halloween time, you know, haunted houses, the whole mess. But the subject matter today is my top five slashers of all time. All right. Now, when I say slashers, you know, it's, it's that like I'm not talking about like the killers that would, you know, kill with, you know, these different kind of tools It's mainly people that it's either got to be a knife, machete, you know, chainsaw hook. It has to be somewhere in that realm of weapons. And that's my favorite thing about horror movies. And that's something that I got lined up a little down the road. It's probably going to be the next episode. It's probably going to be episode 21, but we'll get there when we get there. But as of right now, what I'm going to do is my honorable mentions before I start into this list. All right. So my first honorable mention is Charles Lee Ray, a.k.a. Chucky. Now, that new BS that they came out with with Buddy, that's the night the 2019 version. They can have that. Now, my youngest son, he's a huge Chucky fan. Now he he'll watch the new one with Buddy in it. Like he's cool with it. The only thing that I found fascinating about it is the fact that they brought technology into it. Like it makes it makes more sense the way that Buddy is as far as them using like technology with the doll like it makes sense for it to go rogue the way that it went rogue so that was one thing that i appreciated about it but let's get to charles lee ray now charles lee ray you know the backstory of the dude you know i'm pretty sure everybody know what it is and he was robbing his place um you know police was closing in on him he transferred his soul into this doll and his whole objective was to get out of that doll and Andy was the first person that he saw because the voodoo dude told him the first person that you admitted who you were you that's the only person that you could transfer your soul to is the first person that you told and it was Andy so his whole objective was to you know get into Andy and then all of a sudden this whole story got crazy you know as far as child's play you know, three and four, it kind of got, you know, I think the fourth one was the Bride of Chucky, and then, like, they just, you know, it just got wild after that point, especially the Seed of Chucky. It just, I think that with this franchise, they wanted to keep it going, 
and it was trying to find ways and storylines to keep it going. But anyway, this is my thing with Chucky. The only reason I give Chucky props is the fact of how small he was to be able to cut people up the way that he did. Now, the Achilles cut is always, you know, top notch. You know, it's actually very disappointing for me to see for the simple fact that I tore my Achilles playing basketball. That's a whole nother story. But the fact is, the Achilles cut for him being so short is deadly. And it, and it hurts me deep inside. But... My thing with Chucky, and it was very disappointing, was the fact that he was so small and he killed so many people. My thing is, to a lot of the times, when you would see people get their hands on them, they always make the mistake and throw them. No. He is two foot nothing. Hold on to him. You know what I'm saying? Keep his mouth away from you so he don't bite you. And then he's done. Chucky's a done deal, yo. That was my disappointed thing about him was the fact that he was so small. And it's like you gotta give it's like you gotta give him props for being able to kill as many people as he did. But at the same time, it's like, yo, I'm not getting killed by this dude. But I'm giving him credit for the fact of being a slasher because this dude chopped up a lot of people, yo. He really did. So he makes the list, but on a mention. The next person, and this is an underrated one, very underrated. A lot of people do not mention this franchise. Well, it's not really a franchise because really it's only two. Well, they made a third, but the third, I ain't even watched the third. That's just one of those type things where, like, you see something like the butterfly effect, right? The first one, great movie, great cast, Ashton Kutcher, Amy Smart, like, it was actually money funneled into it. Then you get to the second one. I don't know who the hell these people are. It, it, it just went crazy. But to get back to my point, the next person on my honorable mention list is Ben Willis. And I know you're thinking, who the fuck is Ben, ben Willis? Yes, I know what you did last summer. And I still know what you did last summer. Now, backstory on Ben. Ben was just a former guy. No, former. I said farmer. Fisherman. He was a fisherman. He was out. And, you know, Julie, Ray, Helen, and Barry, they run him over with the car and the BMW. So they think he's dead. They go to dump the body. And their whole thing is, yo, we kill the person. Don't say nothing. Let's just live our lives with this behind us. So, yeah. Yeah, a year goes by, and he comes back seeking revenge because he never died. And, yo, he killed a lot of people along the way with that hook. Yo, Ben was a professional with this hook, yo. And then it took you into the second one, and his son got involved, his son Will. You know, the second one, the second one is a lot better than people think it is because they they, they they mixed it up by bringing Makai Pfeiffer and Brandy in it. They brought some, you know, some comedic things to the film, which made it a whole lot better. Plus, it added a little flavor to it. But Ben was very, very underrated as a killer in this movie. 
And he had now some of the graphics, you know, because I mean, I know what you did last summer came out in 97. So I'm thinking I still know came out probably around 99, 2000. Graphics wasn't as great. But this is the thing about the graphics. A lot of the graphics back in the day in the 80s looked at a whole lot better in some movies. And it depends on what those movies were, because I think a lot of the times they depended on the budget. A lot of the Friday the 13th, you know, some of the Freddy's, the graphics were pretty good. But, you know, something like the regular Evil Dead, like the graphics was terrible. And, like, because there was one scene with Ben, you know what I'm saying? When he got Makai Pfeiffer, Ty, uh, Tyrell, when he got him, he put the hook in his throat. And then, like, the blood was kind of, like, spattering down, and it was just terrible. It didn't even look like blood. It looked completely fake. But that's not the point. But the point is, he was a professional with that hook being a former fisherman. Very, very, very underrated as a killer and a slasher. All right? Now, this movie, like, this is the... I'm going to mention it because... There's a lot of knife killings in this. But the reason you can't really put this franchise in there, and this franchise that I'm talking about is Scream. You can't put Scream in there for the simple fact of there were different killers every time. So it's not one specific person. Like, you know, like in the first one, it was her boyfriend and her, um, and her boyfriend's friend. Then the second one, it was the dude's mother. She was behind it, but she kind of hired these dudes to do it. And then, like, the third one, it ended up being her long-lost brother. You know, and then the fourth one, it ended up being her cousin. So, it's, it's different people. So, you can't really say it's one person that was the slasher in it but there was a lot of good knife scenes in the screen i think is one of those franchises that now it's supposed to be coming back um a fifth one um i seen that courtney cox had signed on to it um that's really all i really know about it but i just wanted to mention the movie because there's a lot of knife scenes there's a lot of good slashing in it but it's not one person that's doing it so there's no person to really mention when it comes down to it. I just wanted to throw that movie out there. I'm going to get into my list now. Now, number five. I'm going to start five and one. Number five on my list of top slashers of all times. Daniel Remini. Now, for the people that know me and have seen this movie, you know who Daniel Remini is. It is Candyman. Now, Candyman... You're going to hear more about Candyman a little later, but Candyman, Daniel Remini. Now, the backstory on him was he was a former slave. Well, he was a slave because he did, but he was a slave. And him and Caroline, the slave owner's daughter, they fell in love. They formed a relationship. They had a baby, whatnot. And so the town found out about it. You know, they took action. They chased him down, you know, beat him up. They put honey all over him, chopped his hand off. Well, let me rephrase that. Let me go back. They chopped his hand off 
Then they put honey all over him. And then the storm of bees came and they stung him to his death. And before he died, he put his soul into Caroline's mirror. Now, the thing with Caroline is Caroline ended up having his child. And then childs go on and on and on and on. Because when, once you find out when they get to the second Candyman, is that the girl, the main character in the second one, was his like great 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 granddaughter or something like that. I don't know how many greats it is, but it ended up being his granddaughter, and he wanted her to, you know, finish the type of thing that he started. And Candyman is a person that you know I was. It was crazy because I was talking to the last guest, um, Scoots Brunson. Shout out to him. I was talking to him about Candyman, and I was like, "It's one." I was like, "I seen Candyman too in the movies." Now the second one came out in '95. I was 10 years old, and I was in the movies watching it. He was like, "Dude, you was out your mind." And the first one came out in '92. I was watching these other type of movies that I was watching as a kid, and even then, into now, I'm 35 years old. I still will not say Candyman in the mirror five times. Like it, it, it's one of those things where you you watch it as a kid, and then like the 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 great thing about Candyman is the fact of it was really like the first time you seen like that black person that was that was the vicious killer. Now I know that sounds sick, but my mind is sick because I've been watching so many horror movies for so long in my life and I'm fascinated by it and I love like the slasher guys like I'm kind of like rooting for the people to kill people which is kind of crazy but you know to see like a black person doing it like it, it was crazy you know what I'm saying and, like, like he's just killing like anybody like nobody's off limits you know what I'm saying and just the way that he would just creep up on you after saying it in the mirror five times. And he would just go from the middle of your back and just go all the way up. And you can hear it. You know what I'm saying? Like, just vicious the way he would just rip your spine out. Like, it was just, it was just crazy, man. Like, he is my top five slasher of all time. The dude was killing it. Love that movie. Love the franchise. And... Side note, the new one supposed to they, they brought the franchise back. Now the great thing that I love about it is the fact that Tony Ty is coming back as Candyman. Now, the main character in the new Candyman is a black guy. And you no, know, just my assumption, I think that Candyman is gonna end up, I think that he's gonna pass it down to him. I just got a feeling I could be wrong. Check me later, but I it, I think that he's going to end up taking over. Like, I think he's going to do something. He's going to put the bees in his mouth. And he's going to become the new Candyman. Okay. Now, the release date got pushed back, pushed back, pushed back because of COVID. And now it's saying that they're going to have a 2001 release date. I cannot wait till this movie come out. Like, I have been waiting because Candyman 3 was trash. Please, people, do not go watch Candyman 3. It was one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. It was terrible, like terrible. So please don't watch it. Watch the one from 92 and Candyman 2 from 95. Do not watch the third one. All right, number four on my list of top slashers of all time is Thomas Hewitt. Now, Thomas Hewitt is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 
Now, this is the thing about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Number one is based on a true story um, about a family in Texas. You know, times got bad and they just figured that they would just start killing people and eating them because they owned a, what do you call those things, um, a slaughterhouse. You know, USDA came out and said that, you know, the stuff wasn't, it wasn't clean, you know, so they shut it down. Um, they passed, well, they failed the inspection and they just, people would come through and they would just kill the people. And they would use Thomas Hewitt, the, this child that wasn't even their child, but he had this, this disformity. And his face was like all jacked up. So he had this fascination of the people that they would kill. He would cut their face off, sew their face up, and put dead people's face on his face. That's why he got the name Leatherface. It's because the faces would, you know, it, it don't have the oxygen. Like your skin start to do whatever it does when it's, you know, when it's dead. And it looked like leather, so he got the nickname Leatherface. Now, the one from 74, like the ones that came out in the 70s, I've seen them, but they wasn't as good. Now, when the franchise came back in 2003, that's one of the best movies I've ever seen. It was brilliantly done. It, it like the, the the actors did really good. Like the dude was massive. And see, I like that. I like those massive dudes. That's just like now. The thing with him was he wasn't like fit. He wasn't fit like like a Jason was. Like he was he was you know what I'm saying kind of chubby like you know what I'm saying like he he was just like a like a six seven dude that was like three hundred pounds. You know what I'm saying? But he was fit with it. But he had a belly with it. You know what I mean? So. The, he, his weapon of choice was the chainsaw. And that's how he got the name, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, because it happened in Texas. I mean, it's kind of self-explanatory. But the way he was cutting people up with that damn chainsaw, yo, was crazy. And for it to be a true story, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that's just... It's really sickening, you know, and it's, it's just one of those Hannibal type of things. I mean, like, you know, I guess they look at it like survival of the fittest. You got to do what you got to do to get by. But, you know, Thomas Hewitt, he don't get mentioned a lot. But I will say this, the one, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre that came out in 2003 and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning that came out in 2006, now, those are the two that I would suggest for you to watch. Now, they came out with a new one. They just call it Texas Chainsaw. And it came out probably like, I think it came out in 2013, I believe. Yes, it did come out in 2013. It had like Trey Songs and all this type of stuff. That one, it, it nah. I mean, I, I didn't really feel it that well. Um, it was cool. But those was one of those type of situations. Okay. Perfect example for all y'all music fans out there. I would say the 2006 one was off the wall. Michael Jackson. Okay, that's the, the beginning one. 
The one that came out in 2003, that's Thriller. All right. 2013, that's Invincible. Yeah, think about it. For y'all music people, you would get it. Number three on my slasher list, Freddy Krueger. All right. Nightmare on Elm Street. Now, this is the thing about Nightmare on Elm Street. Well, okay, backstory. So, Freddy Krueger was basically this child molester that worked at a school. Parents found out about him touching the kids, you know, getting a little, you know, inappropriate with the kids because he was just, just, Freddy was a straight up pedophile, yo. It's a person that you shouldn't be rooting for. So, they took it upon themselves to form a mob. They, you know, got those. You know, the bottles with the gasoline. Well, not maybe not, maybe not gasoline. Maybe it was, uh, you know, alcohol, torch to flame, throwing in there. So they burn Freddy alive. So Freddy comes back. The crazy thing about it is like his story. Because the way that the, the one started in 1984, it just it started in a dream. You know, the girl was having a dream. He was chasing her around. So it's like like they jumped right into it. You know, which is which is not a bad idea. And then they got the backstory in a little later. But so Freddie comes for teenage kids in their dreams. And the the dreams fuel him. Like, but if you understand that it is a dream and you're not afraid, that's the thing. That's that's kind of like, okay, example. Another great movie that people should watch is The Skeleton Key. Love The Skeleton Key. And it's about voodoo. And if you don't believe, then it won't affect you. But if you believe, it won't. Like, there was a a, a great scene in that movie where, like, the main character is Kate Hudson. And Kate Hudson was, she always talked about how she did not believe in this voodoo stuff, right? And so... Long story short, she ended up convincing herself Well, she got like this powder and surrounded herself around the powder and she was um, saying that, you know, you can't touch me because of the spell that I read and this powder that I put down. And that was the confirmation that she believed the voodoo. Like they convinced her to believe it. And this is the thing with Freddie. If you do not believe that is real and you believe that it's a dream and you can't die, then Freddy is powerless. But Freddy feeds off people fear. And a lot of times if something like this is happening to you, you're going to fear it. So that's the thing that Freddy fed off of. And I think that that's what makes him scary. The only thing that makes Freddy scary to me is the fact of if you do believe you have to sleep. There's no way you can survive without sleep. Like, I think you can only go like six days or something like that until your body just pretty much shut down and it has to sleep. And that's the thing about Freddy. Now, Freddy had the knives, the knife glove hand. Sick with it. Now, the thing with Freddy, the first one that came out in 84, it was it was really good. And it had that, that element of surprise to come with it. That one was actually scary. Then once they got two, three, four, and five, it was just kind of like, you know, it got crazy. He got really comedic. 
you know, he would do the stupid thing. Like, like Freddie, like Freddie was just the concept made Freddie scary, but him himself, he wasn't really scary. He was just a pedophile that liked it to, you know what I'm saying? Liked it to rub on, you know, 16 year old girls. You know what I mean? So he was just really a pedophile dude. Now, the one that came out in 94, A New Nightmare, that one was good. And they brought people back from the very first one in 1984, which was really cool. And that was a great way to finish it. Now, the new Freddy that came out, the new Nightmare on Elm Street that came out in the 2000s, that shit was trash. Like, so trash. Like, they're not doing well with these remakes. Now... I get into that a little later, but I think that they're not doing as well with some of these remakes and then changing a character that's iconic, like a Robert England is different. You know what I'm saying? Like, like with Thomas Hewitt, you, you can do anybody because they don't show his face. Daniel Ruminai, it's going to be crazy when they make the transition from Tony Todd. Now, Tony Todd been playing Candyman since 92 and it looks like this 2020 version it might be a transition. So it's going to be very interesting because I think they got to nail it. They didn't nail it with Freddy. And it was very disappointing. So we're going to get to number two on my top slashes of all time. Number two is, it, it was number one and number two was very hard for me. It was so hard for me. Hard, 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 hard. But I'm going to go with Michael Myers at number two. With Halloween. Now the backstory on Michael Myers is he it's crazy because he became six years old and all of a sudden he killed his sister Judith and then it was just crazy because he just just one day he just put on his mask and went and cut Judith up and and his little sister wasn't at home. His parents came home and found him there. So they lock him up in this, in this institution, institution. And then he ended up getting out when his younger sister was 17 years old. So I'm thinking it was like 16 and a half years later. He breaks out, steals a car, drives back to Hattonville. And tried to kill his sister, Laura Stroke. Now, this came out in 78. Now, I talked about Halloween a lot. Um, I actually did a um, a podcast on this platform about the Halloween movies. Um, I, I, I did a rant, so I'm not going to get too far in it. You can go back and listen to that one. I forget which episode it was, but it was because of the new Halloween movie that came out back in um, 2018. So, the thing with Michael Myers is, with him being obsessed with killing his sister, he was very, very crafty with the knife. Now, the thing with, with Halloween, he caught a lot of bodies. Because Halloween, the, the, the great thing about this franchise was, number one, it was a low-budget movie. So, for them to be able to have the, the little bit amount of money that they had at the time in 1978 and then be able to come out with the one in 81, which was actually the same night. It was just it just transitioned to the hospital. So 
one and two is really the same day, you know, just into the a.m. And then, you know, I don't know what the fuck Halloween three was. Um, the season of the witch. I don't. I don't. I still don't understand it to this day. But four and five, they backed each other. And you know what? The way four ended, five picked up. But the point that I'm making is, the dude is a craftsman with the knife, with the with the, with the kitchen knife. The dude is straight up killer. Silence. Like he. Like the thing with Michael Myers is, you always wanted to know what was behind the mask. And you know when Sam Loomis died, it was it was very disappointing because of the fact of he was the only person that could that could slow him down. And he dies, and you know it's just it, it it goes off from there. Now the great thing about the Halloween franchise is that it got it got good. Like Halloween H two O was really really good. I I love how they brought Laurie Strode back. Um, there was some things that I would have done a little differently, but that's just me. Now, now when you talk about the new version, well, the second to new version, the one that Rob Zombie did, I wasn't the hugest fan of it. It was way more vicious than that one. Uh, he actually made sounds when he killed people. It, it, it was just different in the backstory with this white horse thing. Like, I don't get it. The girl in it, she did a very phenomenal job. And I love how they brought back. Cause this is the thing about me. Like I'm I'm like certain things I would get a, a kick out of. Now, the little girl that was in Halloween four and five, which was actually Michael Myers was her uncle, so that it was a niece. She was a, the niece of Michael Myers. Okay. So she was like mm, 11, 12 years old in those movies in four and five, Halloween four and five. Now, the new one that Rob Zombie did, he brought her back, but she was just a friend of Lori Strode, and she was in Halloween 1 and 2 that Rob Zombie did. Now, I, I just thought that was a very brilliant idea. I, I, I thought Rob, Rob Zombie did a really great job with that. I think he also cast it very well. It was just a fact of... I just I just grew up with the Halloween movies the way they were. The ones that John Carpenter did, it was just better to me personally. Then John Carpenter come back with the one in 2018, which I was very disappointed about. It was, I, look, you got to go back and listen to that one episode that I did. And then now there was a new one that's supposed to come out this October, but I think they pushed it back. I will have to go back and check, and that's Halloween Kills. Now, number one. On my list, I think it's very self-explanatory, but it is Jason Voorhees, Friday the 13th. Now, the backstory of Jason is he was at summer camp. He had a disformity as well. Um, he just had this large-ass head, and his eyes was, like, kind of fucked up. Um... But, you know, his mother tried her best to protect him. And so I'm guessing she was busy and the camp counselors wasn't watching him. The kids was picking on him, pushing him into the water, into the lake, um, which is Lake Crystal Lake. Uh, pushed him in the water. Jason can't swim. He drowns, dies. 
So actually, with Friday the 13th is a series that's very different from a lot of other ones because it's Halloween. Friday the 13th, part one and part two, Jason was nowhere to be seen. Jason wasn't the killer in one and two. His mother was seeking the revenge of people. Ms. Voorhees was the one that was actually killing people in um, Friday the 13th, part one and two. So that's what makes this one very unique because on the cover, well, the newer covers, it shows a man figure, but it's actually his mother that's the killer. Now, that's very unique. And I think that for them to be able to pull people in in 1980 with this with this blonde lady with this curl that's going around killing people to revenge her son. And then, like I say, they go from part one to part two. Then part three is the first time that Jason shows up with a bag over his head with the one eye. All right. He don't even have the, the iconic Jason mask yet. You know what I'm saying? The hockey mask. So, part three, he's killing people with that bag over his head. Then he finds the hockey mask, the iconic hockey mask. So then you move into part four. You know he's he just, I mean, just straight killing people, like murdering people with this machete. Like he, and the thing about Jason that is so great is like that power walk that he had like that like in in the way that the the people that was filming it they would zoom in on his thighs and it's like yo he would always be walking like really hard and powerful but everybody's running and they're falling and they just never can get away it's like he he don't run and like that's what makes him so scary is the fact that it felt like you're running for your life and he always catches up with you. Then, part five comes out. So now you got part five. And you seeing this person. And this is the thing about part five that you got to be very particular about. is the fact that the Jason mask was different. It wasn't like the ones from the other films. And you don't know until the end. Jason wasn't the killer in part five either. It was a dude that just, this, this father went rogue because his son had died. And he was using Jason to kill people. So Jason wasn't even in part five. Jason was dead. He was just keeping Jason's, you know, he was keeping the legend alive to, to revenge his son. That's why this series is so unique. So then Jason comes back in part six because of Tommy Jarvis. Now, Tommy Jarvis was in part three as a kid. All right. Then Tommy Jarvis was in part five as a teenager. And then in part six, he was an adult. Now, part six is my favorite one. Part six is probably... I won't say that, but it's like one of it's it's the top notch movies of all time for me. It was it was it was very well written. It, it it was just part six was just great. Um, part seven was good. That's the one that had the telekinesis girl in it. Part eight 
He was in Manhattan and New York. You know, then it got crazy because then it went to Jason goes to hell and that was just it was just trash. No, that was that was Dookie. What was trash was Jason X. Like it got to the point where it got crazy. Now they came out with a new one in the 2000s, Friday the 13th. Now that one, it was cool. Like I said, it was cool. Now, a lot of these remakes, man, they have been very disappointing. The only remakes that have been good was the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Now, in my opinion, I would go Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, well, as far as the 2003 and 2006 version, the 2013 version was very bad. And then the Halloweens, I, I'm not trying to kill Rob Zombie. I think he did a good job. It's just that I'm just used to the John Carpenter story. And I just tend to like that one a little bit better. And then I would go to Friday the 13th. But those are my top five slashers of all time. Recap. You know what I'm saying? You got Daniel Riminai, which is Candyman. You got Thomas Hewitt, which is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Freddy Krueger, Nightmare on Elm Street. Michael Myers, Halloween. Jason Voorhees. Friday the 13th. Now, what I'm going to try to do this month of October, because it is Halloween, things are going to be a little different. I Maybe for some, maybe not everybody is not being as cautious as I am with um with the COVID out here, man. I just don't feel comfortable not, you know, going out to people's doors and they handing out candy, giving it to my kids. I don't know. It, it just feels weird. But, um, you know, like I said in the uh, earlier in the podcast, you know, you can you can rely on AMC. You can rely on Freeform. You can rely on uh, Sci-Fi Channel. Like a lot of them are gonna be playing a lot of horror movies. I got a top ten horror movies of all time. I done one on my other platform, which is the Stolen Time Podcast that I do with Uncle Washington. I did one um, like three years ago. Um, I, I think it's gonna be a lot of the same. But, you know, there could be some changes in there. But I am a guy that, you know, I love, like, a lot of these horror movies and stuff from the 80s and the early 90s and stuff. I, I don't think that a lot of these movies are getting better. You would think that they would get better, but they're not really getting better. So I'm going to come out with a top 10 horror movies of all time, which will probably be episode 21. So be on the lookout for that. Um... I'm trying to be more consistent with this 28 Minutes or Less podcast, you know, having one at least coming out every two weeks. You know, it could come out a little earlier. We'll just see how that goes. But before I get out of here, man, shout out to Uncle Washington. Love that guy, man, my co-host of the uh, of the Stolen Time podcast. Please go follow and subscribe to that um, to the Stolen Time podcast Um the Stolen Time podcast page on Facebook. And that Stolen is, I spell it a little different. It's S-T-O-L apostrophe N Time Podcast. Go follow that Facebook page. Follow the Stolen Time Pod page. Um, and that's no apostrophe. It's just S-T-O-L-N, you know, Time Pod. And that's on Instagram. And follow S.Foster8 on Instagram as well. So, shout out to the last guest um, and also my co-host of Viewers Anonymous podcast. Please go check out Viewers Anonymous, man. Me and Scoots Bronson, we put together 
you know, some some great pods. You know, look, we um we did we dropped one last week. Um, we did another classic episode. We did the Last Dragon, and the podcast before that one, our biggest podcast. Uh, we did a uh, it was a docu series called Outcry. So go check out the Viewers Anonymous podcast with me, S. Foster, and Scoots Bronson. And shout out to that dude, and shout out to his main podcast, Twenty Eight Minutes. Of, oh, that's mine. The Already Home Podcast. So go check him out. Shout out to Candice. I appreciate her support. Uh, shout out to Casey, man. My favorite producer. That's the music that you hear in the background. My man, you know, he, he did his thing on this beat. So I appreciate him. Be on the lookout. We got we got some other stuff um, cooking up as well. So be on the lookout for Casey on some future pods. Also, shout out to Free Dead Ty. Shout out to Sinclair. Shout out to Mark. Man, this is all I got for y'all. Until the next time, S. Foster, out.